Hello and welcome to a very belated, late episode of Podcast of the Rings. I mean, a few weeks at least, Alex. Just Just a a wizard is never late. A podcast is never late, nor is it early. I explain that to our audience when we keep on saying, hey guys, come back. We'll be back next week. Um, (laughs) Hey, sign up for a Patreon that isn't active. Um, Anyway, we're back at it. And you know why? Because... Fan favorite, podcast guest official, Ben Goddard decided to make it happen. <laughs> Welcome, I, dude. Hey, man. Like I'm, I'm an avid listener as well. Like I'm, I'm a you know a first time. What was it like? First time caller, long time listener. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. you're. I don't know if, if anyone does anything creative. The highest compliment is when someone that you genuinely like as a human likes what you do. So it definitely was a huge motivator to come back. And also you just saying you listen to it is the compliment. But yeah. you might as well just be here all the time because you'll make it happen for us. I was going to do once uh, Alex did his wizard line, I was going to do that. Come on, you slags. Don't you know we're at war? <laughs> like, like just uh, every time. You know what? Like, I'm going to cut it to that. Time. Okay, perfect. Like every time, like any of the orc actors get screen time, they they make it a ten out of ten. They are just selling it, and I love it. They eat up the screen, and they you they know do. they they did do that in Rings of Power too. I think one of the things that Alex really loved, not to speak for you, but we enjoyed. I ended up enjoying it because you enjoyed it so much. They're very realistic. They're very scary, and they're very real, like individually realized characters. As opposed to all the Lord of the Rings, rings no, as opposed to as opposed the to Hobbit. the Hobbit shit that we, we yeah, watched, yeah. except for the one that Legolas fights. Yeah, no. the, the one, yeah. like non CGI orc. Yeah, exactly. because he has to cut his because his daddy has to cut his head off. That had to be yeah. real, kind of. Um, anyway, there is a reason we're here specifically back today. There's still always something Lord of the Rings to talk about at any given time. But those of you in the quote-unquote industry, not of iron making, but of entertainment, you can't help but know that the the, the writer's strike is happening. Listen, iron workers unite have unions too. They do. Indeed, they do. do. Um, But also it does affect the layperson because their favorite TV shows got canceled early. Everyone's upset that they're not going to get the Kieran Culkin SNL. Oh, uh, was was he supposed to come back? I thought he'd already he, been. Uh, he did, that's he did what host, I thought but... too. But someone on like Vanity Fair or one of those magazines said, "This is what you're missing," and it's like Jennifer Coolidge and Kieran Culkin. And I was like, I thought he did it, but they might have wanted to round out the season with him again. I don't. It's know. possible. You know, it's the last uh, season of Succession. So, but mm-hmm. he just host. When did he host? Like last year. Or, I feel like maybe like 2021. Like I the, see the last like three years, like you know, are all a blur. So I on it could be it could have been last year. I'm not like up on my SNL game, but it I I feel like it'd be like 2021. He did a cameo on uh, Steve Martin's this um, 
went fall when they did uh father of the bride bride part 12 and they got like selena they had martin short and then like hey remember kieran culkin was the kid in this oh my god that's <laughs> yeah. awesome and he's like hey and then like literally steve martin goes hey you're doing well on succession so he's like yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> that's but, awesome so that what little did i realize is that the writer strike also is affecting rings of power now, when Ben forwarded me the the article about it, my first read on the the subject line was like, "Oh, they're kicking the showrunners off because they don't they don't want them to infect the second season like they did the first season, or at least that that was going to confirm the trolls." That's what I thought it was about, and then it just turns out, what are, what are they doing, Ben? What's the deal? Give us the blurb. Uh- they are running without a showrunner and writers. Now, for, like, these big productions that seem to be, like, you know, every single piece of prestige TV that's going on right now, like, you know, the, these movie-level productions now, unless you're, you know, like, the Big Bang Theory or something. Um, and this is, you know, this the show famously costs, what, a billion dollars to make? Uh, and, you know, people were complaining about that. And now that the writer's strike is happening, Rings of Power is pushing forward, but they will not have a showrunner on set or writers on set because for these big productions, there will be rewrites like on the day of. They'll shoot something. Oh, this doesn't work. Uh, that sounded a little weird. Okay, uh, let's, let's, let's punch this up. Let's do something different. Let's try this. And that will not happen because writers are on strike right now. But... The Rings of Power is pushing forward anyways. So, guys, for a show that, and I know <laughs> we all like it, but mixed is probably the best term for the reception of this show. That's the even, nicest term. Even yes. outside of, like, even outside of trolling, you know, like, people that just, like, didn't like it because yeah. people of color were in it. Like, uh... But besides discounting that, that. Discounting yeah. it. Yeah, and, and that, those people don't count, like, the, towards, like, actual criticism. But... Even outside that, it's like mixed at best. We're like, yeah, there's some really good stuff in there, but man, it, it, it dragged or the pacing was off or, you know, like, what are they building to? So how do we feel about them not having like them pushing forward with this? Because we've seen this happen, you know, Heroes season two, Did I believe. Did they do that during the writer's I- strike last time? Yeah. Heroes so is the he- big he- example. Heroes was a show that... Uh... Huh. When I was, uh, I think it, I was in middle school or high school when that came out, but you're such a baby. Uh, I know it's aging me. Um, I would like set my VHS because we didn't have DVR. I would set my VHS timer to like record that on. I think it was ABC or NBC. You guys didn't NBC. have TiVo? What the? F- no, we we just had a VCR. <laughs> was TiVo around in 2007? I'm gonna yeah. say yes. Yeah, I had friends who had DVRs. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I remember I was... when I got that was game changer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> DVR was a game changer, totally. But that I didn't have it. I would set my my uh, my VCR recorder and watch Next it. And level I was commitment. I was gutted when that show just started going off the rails because of the strike. So wait, could you actually tell? So I didn't watch the show, and the only thing I know about it was that Hayden Penetieri was on mm-hmm. it. Um, Save the that... cheerleader. Save a, the world. Is that why you liked it? No, I just thought okay. it was cool because it was like a different take on superheroes. And B, did you could you actually tell that it had gone off the rails? Yeah, even at that age, and like I was aware of the writer's strike. You know, it wasn't like I was like, why is my why is the show sucking all of a sudden? Yeah, um, 
I, I could tell. Like, I was like, ooh, this is, like, bad. Um, especially remember, what they did with Silas, the villain. And, that and was the thing, Zachary is that Quinto. just, like, and I even watched it. I watched it. That was, like, one of the first Netflix watches I got uh, in, like, 2011 when I, you know, moved to L.A. And I was like, oh, I can, let me get Netflix. And, like, I watched, uh, what was it? I watched Battlestar Galactica, because I remember watching that a lot on the Sci-Fi channel. But, like, you know, just bits and pieces. I was like, I need to watch this. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I remember Heroes, and everyone really liked it. And so the first season, I'm telling you, just go watch the first season of Heroes. It is so good. So good. It's amazing. Like, everyone at the height of their powers, the, like the, the villain building throughout this season, because you keep hearing about Silas, you keep seeing people, like, frozen and, like, with their heads blown off, and, like, all these crazy things are happening. And then they finally team up to fight him. And, like, one person gets sent, sent into, like, feudal Japan. Another person gets their memory wiped. And, and then, like, the season ends. And it's, like, the craziest thing. You're like, what is going to happen with this? Like, it seems like they won, but did they really win at what cost? And then, you you know, I didn't have to wait the full year. I was very lucky. But I couldn't imagine. It was an amazing finale. So I just turned to the next episode, and I was like, What? <laughs> what's oh, happening here no. <laughs> like, yeah. and i didn't you know i didn't know it took place during the writer strike or anything like that uh so i was like what happened to this show like i finished but it was it was a bit of a slog towards the end and you know even after you know the writers came back you know it was probably tough to pick up the pieces of it but yeah just the potential of that show and you know like quant uh not quantum of yeah it was quantum of solace the second you know daniel craig james bond movie also suffered from the writer strike and mm. you know you can kind of tell when the big villain is stealing water and is like just like, that's it <laughs> that's the yep. that's the point and like even in i remember in um not specter Wait, wait, so it goes Quantum Solace, Skyfall. It is Spectre, the Christoph Waltz one, where like yeah. everything comes together. They like completely don't mention Quantum of Solace. They like show they show Mads Mikkelsen, they show Javier Bardem. Like, yeah, they were a part of Spectre as well. Yeah, no, not that, not, not you. Not I you. don't even <laughs> remember that name. That's how much. Yeah, it's exactly. Forgotten so, about that's so, so it strange. is. It is. Uh, granted, you know, the, the article says that Rings of Power only has 19 days left of filming, but 19 days is a lot. Is it like, nothing? It, full movies are shot in 19 days easily. Uh, so it's like, you know, 19 days might not sound like a lot, you know, just and I'm not, you know, it's not. It's like two and a half weeks. It's not well, that much, but you can get a lot done in 19 days, especially where, you know, they're filming a lot on the volume. You know, they're not like filming on location or something like that there might be a few location scenes but we all we watched season one a lot of it's got green screen i i would imagine and and this is just me briefly reading through this uh variety article that is talking about this you know this strike was not uh a surprise i think this this was something that was long time casted and long time coming so it does say that um uh they took uh Payne and McKay, the showrunners, like took steps to kind of put plans and contingencies in place for if they would have to leave the the set. So why so, would they do that though? What's the benefit if there's gonna be a writer's strike to help make their jobs obsolete at for the final stages of the cause, product? Because it's still their show and they care about it and they want it to be made well i mean at the end of the day even if they're not present for the remainder of the shooting their names are still going to be on the show 
Yeah. And after this strike concludes, however it concludes, they're still going to have jobs on the show, presuming the show right, continues, right, right, which right, I right. think it will, considering how much money has been invested at this point. So it's not like they want to say, uh, we're with the writers who are striking. We're just not, we're going to say, screw you, Amazon. Like, no, they want the show to do well, regardless of whether or not they are able to work or not. So um, I think it makes sense that they would put, you know, we, we don't know exactly what they did. I would assume it's leaving extensive notes for the crew and... It's got to be 1,000 meetings that happened before oh, they left. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. what are we going to do if we can't have writers? And let's try and get ahead of this would be my guess. Um, how so, much, how likely is it that they get through this 19 days of shooting and then have to come back and do reshoots if and when the WGA strike is over? Is that something that's commonplace? Well, how long do you guys think the strike is going to go on well, for? I is mean, the question. Who, who yeah. can guess? I mean, is it, it's Netflix that isn't budging, right? Do you know the details better than I do? I do not. I do not know who's not budging, but I do know that uh, HBO uh, uh, CEO Wonderboy David uh-huh. Zaslav said that like, oh, you know, it's people will come back because they just love working. Meanwhile, I'm taking a thirty-five million dollars salary last year. Like, yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't and, have like and, I'm and, not an uh, expert on it, but and, it's and just killing yeah, jobs because yeah. they canceled a bunch of shows. Yeah, literally, <laughs> people like people love working, so we're gonna have less. Oh jobs God, that's such a good work point. On. Ew, that's like gross that you can make that much money just walking out of the building and you've canceled all these shows that people like, like R.I.P. An entire movie that was done. Right. I mean, look at all those tax write-offs. You get to go home, you know, eating lollies all day. It's so, like, that's, it's so funny that he's the one that says that. It'd be one thing if, like, granted, they're all, you know, multimillionaires, like, (laughs) CEOs of, like, evil corporations at the end of the day, but, like, at least Bob Iger is, like, Oh, he's dad Bob Iger. Like, oh, he's coming. He, he, you know, they got rid of Bob Chapek and, oh, Bob Iger's going to save the day for all of us. Meanwhile, like, David Zaslav is, like, gutting HBO, or sorry, Max. As they, oh, God, who, uh. what ad company, like, shout, you know what, dumbest name ever, but shout out to the ad company that, you know, got paid Sold millions that. of dollars to, to just be like, take the H, like, <laughs> drop the HBO. Yeah, just Max. Not the, even the that. thing people it's know from, you for. Drop it from your name, please. Yeah. It's not even that. They walk into the room. They just like everyone's waiting at the very long table. The guy walks in. It's just like a board, and he yeah. takes the friggin' sheet off, and it just says Max, and everyone goes sold. <laughs> well, like what is the the old James Cameron Alien Aliens thing? Uh, do you guys know that story? Yeah, where he literally like his pitch for the sequel. He got there was a whiteboard. Walks up to it, writes alien, puts an S at the end of it, puts a dollar sign. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. At this point, he had already done the abyss, right? So, like, he already. Like, no, abyss was after. Got it. Because I was yeah. trying to think what kind of, like, high he was riding off of. Uh, Terminator. Terminator. Totally. Yeah. Which, he, again, he already said, I did a sequel. Good luck <laughs> trying oh to find someone gosh, else. Yeah. Aliens dollar sign is incredible. Yeah. Wow. But uh, but yeah, so it's just of, of all people, it just had to be him, like who's just like destroying it. But I don't know. It's it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon. And with the show that's already, you know, 
I know Amazon has all the money in the world, but I don't know if they have the kind of money or patience to like, yeah, I know they're committed to five seasons, but if this season tanks, like even without, let's say that the writer's strike is not going on, everybody gets paid, livable wages, happy ending. But if this season doesn't do well, do you think we're going to get a third season? I, I think this is my sticking point in, I, it's my belief that they are going to do whatever is necessary to ensure that this season is better than season one. I think they saw the reactions and they tried their best to spin it in like, this is a show that everybody's loving. And I think it's it was generally well received, but like you- And actually, kinda... I mean, for all intents and purposes, just to cut you off and like one of the things I read, it didn't perform growth-wise after all of the episodes were released at all, which really? for a streaming series, it is one of the signs of, oh, this is actually good. Um, there's a lot of things that point toward this show overall receptively being not taken okay. well. So, yeah, based on those metrics that I would say, that they they don't want to chance it. So I think, and this is, um, they, they have the luxury to do this, I think, because of just it being Amazon and them having all the money uh, and them being their own, you know, uh, they distribute themselves on mm. Prime. So yeah. they can put it out whenever they want to put it out. So if that means delaying production so that if they need to do, the, you know, re I mean, they're obviously continuing their shooting schedule, but if they need to come back and do reshoots, if they feel that's necessary, I think they will. So kind of sucks because we were going to have to wait, what, two years from uh, season one to get our season two. If yeah. that is longer, I think... Look, no if it one mean, cares. I don't think anyone cares. It's already so long. It's already two years we're waiting. So I think if they add another six months, whatever. Um, you know, something to think about, too, is... I don't know if you guys saw... I'm sure you guys did um, saw the articles. That the re-release of Return of the King happened a couple of weeks ago because mm -hmm. it was the 20th anniversary or something like that. And um, it killed in the box office. And, like... Yep. Yeah. ruined other movies that debuted that weekend yeah what or, did it or, outperform again i can't remember uh, something inconsequential yeah but my point is are they looking at the long-term viability of this are they going hey let us just get the story out there get to learn and love these actors uh yes it's slow but then in 10 years you're gonna watch all five seasons and be like holy moly this is the best thing because listen this is something we were talking about when we reviewed the hobbit movies those movies rake in a million dollars a day just from existing because Max plays it two times a day. Yeah. 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 But I think the difference is Return of the King, um, twenty it, for its 20 year anniversary, it gets a re release in theaters. It's the highest grossing movie that weekend um, compared to new releases. Um, I don't remember the 10-year anniversary screenings of The Hobbit that did that. But I'm saying um, those and, movies, though, are airing on cable all the time. But I don't think they're... They're still better than any other film out there. Mm. I, I mean... I don't think they're as universally they, hailed and like but people, that's people thing, don't go the, to see them like like they do Lord of the Rings. But that's, when they have but that's what I'm saying is that like, you know, Top Gun Maverick might not 
like I don't know, Top Gun Maverick's a, a bad example. Yeah, because really everyone thought it was a picture. Yeah, but like the first Top Gun, the first Top Gun didn't get nominated for any Oscars or anything. You know, it's it's a cult classic, and it plays on TBS two thousand times a weekend, and that's where they make their money. You know, White House, like all the Gerard Butler movies in the last 10 years, they might not kill at the box office, but they kill on DVD rentals. They kill on streaming services like, uh, you know, Harry Potter, like HBO keeps having to HBO Max or Max keeps having to take it off their streaming service because they keep renting it out to other streaming services because everybody still wants it. Everyone wants it. Yeah. So it's like, you know. It might not, you know, we probably won't get a, a re-release of the Hobbit movies, but they don't need to. Exactly, like they, that's my they, point. Okay. They are in their comfort zone of like, yeah, you know, oh, it's playing on HBO today? Yeah, I'll sit down and watch the Battle of the Five Armies for a little bit. Oh, I love, you know, like me. Oh, like um, the Smaug part is on? Hell yeah, I'm going to watch, you know, the last like 30 minutes of this movie. Absolutely. And they know that. And that's yeah. exactly my point, Ben, is, is Amazon long-term planning? Does it have a 20-year plan thinking that people are just going to want to watch this for comfort food. I think that they'd be wrong. <laughs> but yeah. they ha you have to look at just the overall success of anything that has Lord of the Rings in front of it. Yeah, I th I think that it I think that we'll see that with um like what we talked about with the upcoming movies that are being planned uh with those with that rights deal um where we might have like a gandalf movie or whatever you know we did all all of those fan casting type things i think that will be the realm of the comfort food it's on even if it's not good um because those are the familiar characters we know and love and yeah. just like bilbo baggins and gandalf are in in the hobbit films whereas with the rings of power we don't really have. I guess we have Elrond and Galadriel, but they're know. not the ones we know. The longer in the same way. The longer the time from when we first watched it to to now, or you know, like to present day, the longer I'm away from that show, the more I actually am nostalgic for those versions of the characters. I actually genuinely love Arondir. I genuinely love her. Uh, what's that? Morphid Morphis Morphid Clark. Yeah, I love her Galadriel the more I think about it. Halbrand is one of my favorite things on the planet. I don't know why. I'm sorry. This, but it's, just, I, I do like, like a bad boy. You know what it is? Is they cast really good unknown actors relatively. Um, I didn't know this. My friend Mary Chifo went to Juilliard with Elrond. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Robert Arameo. Yes. And apparently he was always the Lord of the Rings dude and always showed up in a baseball cap and then did his scene. That's why I love him. I'm sure you do. Anyway, one of the questions I wanted to ask that, um, again, we, we it would be ignorant to pretend like the bigots aren't a part of the conversation. Um, but but we also we agree that they're not part of like the overall valid critiques of the show. But does the showrunner stepping away from do do the showrunners stepping away from the show prove that they're not like does is there some sort of like proving point to those com like complaints yes alex i i think this is a sort of uh not not schrodinger's cat type thing but it let okay Murphy's the, law no the so the the bigots will have Crit it crisis theory cr crit critical theory 
Occam's razor. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> um, the bigots will have it whatever the way they like. If season two comes out and they love it, let's say, they'll be like, see, because the writers strike and the showrunners were forced to leave and have less influence, that's why the show's better, because they suck and we don't like them. If they don't like the show, oh, they should have been gone the whole time and they were had too much influence and the strike should have been suit like they're gonna it spin matter. it however way they they yeah. want to fit their narrative. They're not people who actually think rationally and logically about things. They just want to push their ideology and will use the facts to support their ideology whichever way it leans. So Yeah, I, I haven't think, seen any of yeah. the vitriol online yet, but I think you're right. It'll be more post to see what will happen. I'm really curious to see if we can tell when the writers aren't on set. Because I can't imagine this show. I imagine that uh, one of the things we learned when we talked to Antimo um, is that they had so much on the cutting room floor. So, yeah. And I have to imagine more than the editors, the showrunners should have a say in the logical order of the show. Would you not say? Is that true, Ben? You, mm. Are you just showrunning on the day or are you part of the apps, the package of it at the end of the day? That's what I, I was listening to a podcast earlier today is that like that's also a big problem is that when shows were 22 episodes and you're like get work for 22 episodes like you'd be fine and then you're in like a kind of an exclusivity contract so you can't take any other work but you know 22 episodes that's that's a good chunk of work but now with everything being like eight to 10 episodes or special and you don't, or whatever, yes, you know, like a special, a limited series, something like that. And then you still have this exclusivity contract with it. And you don't know if you're coming back for season two. Like, even if it's something performs really well, it's not guaranteed, you know, like Barry season three did the, like the perfect thing of it where I can't think of her name, uh, but like Barry's girlfriend in the show, like, had a great show, it was really personal to her, and was, like, number one trending, but because, like, it didn't, like, they were using all these, like, made-up, you know, streaming terms, like, it didn't bubble well, like, the bubbles didn't pop, it, like, got immediately axed, and she was like, wait, what happened? It was just on the front page, like, um, the bubbles weren't popping uh, in a melodic way, so it's gone, <laughs> and so it that's literally how it is, like, you know, if you don't have a a Wednesday dance go viral, or if you don't have a, a billion Pedro Pascal edits on TikTok, then it, you might not get a season two. Like, no matter how critically acclaimed your show is, or, you know, people might talk about it, but if you don't go viral, or if you're not trending, or something like that, it might not happen. And so that's, like, another thing they're working on with this strike, is that we either need longer seasons, or it's just, like, residuals, where... Like, yeah, uh, you know, that that article came out where the guy who was like a head writer or maybe a, a producer, I can't remember what it, he was like trying to, he couldn't afford to rent a tux to go to the Emmys oh to receive God. his Emmy for the bear. Like, and I know like renting a tux isn't like a life necessity, but like, if you are an, an Emmy award winning writer for a show that is making millions of dollars and going viral in every single way and like immediately got a green lit for season two and you know everyone's probably making their star out of it anyone that's on the show is you know like 
I saw one of the guys like was in a season of Andor and stuff like that. So like people are growing their careers out of it. You should be able to rent a tux from Men's Warehouse for you know like fifty nine ninety nine for one night, or like, <laughs> not just wear your funeral slacks. You yeah, know? exactly. Like, that's the whole point. Is yeah. if you can't. This is, it's. I've talked about this about the industry, especially having gone to a couple of swanky parties in the last year. You, this is an industry where you have to look like you're making the kind of money that you want to be making because you can't show up to those parties wearing the dress you never wore or, you know, like that isn't fresh or you have yeah. to look your best. And I, you have to go to auditions looking like you're the rich housewife or whatever. Um, someone broke it down and I retweeted it like, sure, yes, $50,000 to write and work on a feature film is great, but 25% of that is going to lawyers, 25% of that's going to agencies, and then you're supposed to live on $25,000 for the year. No one yep. could live on that. And granted, there is like some unemployment that can come along with that, depending on how you finagle it, but that's still not livable well, wages. That's just making sure you can have food at, on your table or pay not, rent. Not only is it just like, okay, you're able to survive. But also that's assuming that you have that kind of job every single year. Bingo. Which is not the case in, in TV and film because there just aren't that many jobs. And yeah, I think to what Ben is saying, like when you look at how much how much revenue is being generated by these shows, I think the person pretty like directly responsible for the show existing the people actually writing the show not to discount yeah. people who help you know actually physically no, but the make writers it. are the ones that are usually pitching it yeah unless they sell the idea and then if they sell the idea then they have to hire writers to yeah. write they're, they're the yeah. creators of the thing without them it, it doesn't exist right um you know so they should probably be getting a, a, a more uh, sizable percentage of that revenue. So the buzz topic of everyone, even even people like teachers and whatever, is AI going to take that job? And, you know, a couple of my friends that were picketing, some of our mutual friends, Ben, like, you know, their picket signs were said some, something quirky about AI. Is that something that, I don't know. Again, we're not experts on this topic, but is that something that like Max might be looking at and going, hey, we could just hire editors after we type in the plot to chat GPT and then still get a decent script? Is that is that like something that's like weighing on everybody right now? It's definitely a concern. It shouldn't be a real concern because chat GPT be. can maybe like write like, you know, a high school essay on Napoleon or something like that. But it well, they can write, write a short script. Yes, it can. It doesn't mean it will be good. Yeah, exactly. That, like, that's the thing. Like, it can, it can write a script. Sure, I can write a script. Doesn't mean it'll be good. Like, but there's something to be said for like, hey, I need a script for a rom com where two dudes meet in a park, but one is a cat, one has a dog. ChatGPT will throw that out. It's almost more efficient for you to let ChatGPT write the bare bones of it and then edit and punch it up. Like, there's a world where that makes sense. Makes sense fiscally, sure, but like you're not going to create good content. Like I'm not this. advocating yeah. for it, by the way. No, but, no, but no like, one thinks you. No one thinks you are here. To, to go to go on a, a brief side jag about AI because I have opinions side on jag. this. Uh, tangent. Um, no, I like, like it. With Chat GPT, 
in particular, it doesn't actually understand what it's writing, right? It do, like if you tell it like write a thing with a dog and a cat, like it doesn't know what what it's doing. It's just using predictive models to go. This word will come after this word. So until there is technology that can actually like understand the context and all those things, it's not gonna be able to write good stuff. Like I think there were, you know, uh, people posting like scripts they asked it to write where it would say like interior uh, jungle, uh, you know, forest, whatever. It's like, it doesn't, kn but it just knows like, oh, I have this sort of descriptor here and it kind of sometimes uses these words. So I'll put it there. It doesn't know what it's doing. It's just like really good at kind of approximating what it will look like. So I don't think it's a concern. I think the executives think, think it's more it's, powerful yeah. than it is. And that's yeah. why we're hearing all this. And I think that, for the layperson who maybe just knows peripherally about these kinds of things, they can easily be scared by that because they th they actually think that it's a, re a reality that AI within the near future could replace creatives at their jobs, which is not a real. Well, concern, it's already replacing like voiceover actors. You know, like it is. Yes, um, but that's a different technology. Yeah, like, but AI still does. I don't know. It's, it's like, all, a, like computer the, the, generated voices are different than um, replace, you know, because that's like someone writes a script and then you feed it into this thing that can read it. Right. That's different than the script being generated by an AI. Right. And sure. being coherent yeah. and good. Um, so. Anyway. So what I think we're looking at and with Rings of Power specifically is an already contentious series that is questionable on a lot of different fronts as to it just being good or written well or good storytelling is now really taking a chance by running without sales, essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure the script's written, but they don't have any, you know, I know the actor who plays Arondir was like, I want to say a prayer to the tree. And that was brilliant. And that was his call. Like he really truly understood his character. And actually they really do they have a boon in the fact that the majority of their actors are lovers of Tolkien as well. So like, mm. there's something to be said for that, but they, I don't know if they are even allowed to riff or do improv on set. You know, they probably could do improv, but it, I guess the bottom line for this topic of conversation is I can't even foresee how this will help them, how this will be a good choice. But, but I, you know, especially like, you know, especially in such a pivotal season for this show, because it, it, it'd be one thing if, you know, like the last of us season two, like, OK, there's the game out there. So we know the general story of what's going to happen. HBO definitely made some, you know, changes, you know, like the Bill and Frank stuff of episode three, oh, the right. love story, huge change from the game. And people really liked it. I like what they do in the game, too, because, you know, it really shows like how bitter the world is. But. For the show, it was like, oh, no, like, you know, what he says at the end, like, I found someone to protect. That is our job in this world, Joel, and you need to find someone to protect. And that's literally the whole point of the story. And it was great. So if they but if HBO Max said, OK, we're we've already started filming season two of Last of Us uh, and we're we got 19 days left of shooting uh, we're going to run with no writers and no showrunners. Everyone would be like, 
That's tough, yeah. but it is an insanely successful show. You have the groundwork right there, so we generally know what's going to go on, and, you know, I trust this. But, like we said, Rings of Power does not have that power, like, no, no pun intended, mm. doesn't have that power behind it. It doesn't have the hype, it doesn't have the star power, it doesn't have the incoming accolades that you know Last of Us is going to get, and it doesn't have the fan, like, the fan power behind it. And so I don't know. This is, this is huge for a show like this that like really needs a banger of a season two. And you know, if what we want is like, Oh, more action, you know, like more, you know, the war might start, you know, you know Sauron was announced and he's, he's going to Mordor now. So are there going to be huge cityscapes of actors you know riding is it going to be like riding on horses or cavalry is going to be charging like who's going to be in charge of battle sequences who's going to be like is it going to be more quiet conversations that don't lead anywhere i don't know it might be <laughs> but in those times that's where i want a rider to punch something up too like exactly <laughs> and yeah. we're going to suffer from the fact that the only person that was good delivering those is no longer cast in the role adar is not there anymore he's folks. gone he's gone the yeah. one thing that like everyone was like who is this guy and like he brought this whole new level to basically a cannon fodder of a villain sure. for six movies where people are like where Legolas is upside down on a bat cutting <laughs> 300 heads off in 10 seconds and no one bats an eye and he gives them like this backstory and this like tragedy to them like almost anime style where you know I'm watching Demon Slayer and these demons are like you know sucking the blood out of humans and saying the most atrocious things but then when they die they're like oh I was never loved as a child, and so oh. I became a demon. And you're like, why am I crying? You've been an a-hole for 20 episodes. Why do I care? And that's what Adar did for orcs, and he's gone. Yeah. It, and, well, it, it, worse than being gone is he's, he's recast, and now we're having this situation where we might just have really bland, terrible stuff because we don't have writers. It could be just the, the, uh, the Siler of yeah. the show where we had this villain that for all these other extraneous circumstances becomes the worst, not just like, Oh, that sucked. It didn't reach its full potential becomes the worst thing about this show. And we all just yep. hate Adar now we loved him season one. And now we're just like, Oh, what they're doing with Adar. Oh, it's just so bad. Could be the, the new Luke Hemsworth in the Witcher. Oh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh shit. Wait, is he in this? most recent season that's being released or did Henry Cavill finish out this? I think there's one more Henry Cavill. That's what I thought too. Um, Maybe. I don't know. I know the the, the Michelle Yeoh one is out, I believe right now, which is like a spinoff type of Witcher thing. And then maybe I'm not sure. I, it's I don't the, watch it's the it's the it's the era of Michelle. Yeah, let's just say it. It really uh, is. Like I watched uh, I, when I went and saw. What did I see this weekend? Um, Guardians. She's a voice in Transformers, and then uh, she's in the new. Uh, oh, there's a new uh, Hercule Poirot movie, a new Murder on the Orient Express movie coming out, which I'm very excited about. Did you like the other one? I did. Oh, I did like you them really? Both. I I should watch it. It's uh, Daisy Ridley's in the first one, right? And then yes. the second one is 
I just Death of the Nile. Some people were just showing some of the green screen pictures of the pyramid, and it that's rough. It's, it's rough. It's, right? it's rough. It's rough looking for sure when he's like flying a kite on the pyramid. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, can someone can someone get murdered already, please? <laughs> well, and I look forward to the last of the movies too to see how they pull it off. But like, I actually liked Murder on the Orient Express. I directly quote from it often. Uh, it's just so one, good. It's not bad. And then like the the. It's not. It is good. I should say it's good. I enjoyed it. I just was super skeptical, uh, but I'm also the person that has never seen Knives Out, but saw Glass Onion, so I can't be trusted. And anyway, uh, here's the thing, folks. Alex and I are still trying to get our bearings as to what living together <laughs> means. It's a positive thing, but there's so many things that is. Um, keeping us from being able to release episodes consistently. But there's a world where Ben and I just do an episode in the future or Alex and you guys just shoot the shoot the crap. So I'd like to uh, welcome everyone to be more open to uh, erratic shows coming out, but, but happening. And then eventually we'll come back to consistency. We don't have a reason to come back to consistency until there's a show out again. So anyway, that's a lot of excuse fodder. What do you think, Alex? We haven't talked for 20 minutes. It's not true. I know. Uh, no, yeah, I, th- I think it, yeah, it's, it's been, uh, it's been One a, week since you looked at me. <laughs> it's yeah, been it's a, beyond. it's beyond. Crazy month and change and yeah, we'll hopefully soon get back to some, some sort of normalcy with the, the release of the show and finding, uh, um, uh, stuff to, to put, put in the episodes and, yeah, you could I'm literally force our hand by making us get to 10 Patreon members, and then we'll have to watch the porno. What is it? The Sex of the Rings? What was it? Lord, the, Lord of the G-Strings. Lord of the G-Strings. The G-strings. Uh, we'll have to watch that. And one of our uh, shout-outs goes to Arsenal Roy 2K, who has been a Patreon long enough to get his merch. It's coming in right now. Yeah. Oh, nice. I know. Good for him. Um, God. Oh, well, I should say Jesse Gillespie. Glapsy? Glapsy. Glaspie. Glaspie. All right. Anyway, Ben, thanks for making sure that we did this. Um, thanks for that's a very perfect story for us to talk about. Um, anything you want to plug or just let people know you're what you're up to? Uh, everywhere at the Bing Goddard. Uh, come on, check me out. Uh, I'm still on, doing movie reviews and stuff like that over on Patreon as well. Your TikTok's uh, hot, dude. It's it's been fun lately. I just I just have I, it's like we'll see like what happens with it, but um, but yeah. I, I enjoy TikTok. It's it's fun doing dumb stuff over there. No one likes what I'm doing on TikTok. Not a single person. <laughs> and that's okay. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> and honestly, I'm scrolling and suddenly I just see Jess like <laughs> six inches from the camera. Hey guys, it's Michael. <laughs> it's like, what is it's, happening? It's cringe. It's so cringe. But I don't know if it's like the aware cringe enough. Anyway, people. Someone literally commented saying this character is dog shit and put it to rest. And then when I played that character's mom, everyone thought I was a real mom. So I'm really killing it, you guys. Loving it. Never stop. Never stop. I don't think I can. I think I'm committing. Um, Alex, where can people watch you do things if you do them? Uh, When I and if I do them, I do them over at uh, twitch.television slash Silicatu. S O L. What happens if they spell out television? I don't think they'll get very far. They'll have to find out. Okay. Twitch.tv slash look at you. Well, and uh, although I'm not streaming consistently right now, you can make me play a TTRPG with you by going to 
coffee.com. Jessica Lynn Birdie. Somehow you get there. Uh, K-O-F-I. That's how coffee spelled. Um, anyway, we, we, are, we just did our second one and it was awesome. So now we're filling up seats for, um, we're going to be doing them consistently. Anyway, Ben, thanks for being our friend. Glad to be your friend. And um, wait. Well, what if, they, what if the people want to find stuff about our show? Well, I guess you should tell them. Oh, I guess I should. Uh, well, they can go to twitter.com slash pod of the rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can interact with us there. And uh, if you want to support the show and help make that uh, goal of watching or the G-Strings happen, you can head over to patreon.com slash pod of the rings. You can email us podcast of the rings at gmail.com or just go to podcast of the rings.com and find all the things there there's so many things mm-hmm. um all right until next time my friends may our roads meet again bye ben 